Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of The Banker Next Door. I am your host, Dr. Joe Berquist. So this is just the weekly banking update real quick. I've got a whole ton of information here real quick. We're going to we're going to try to run through everybody here, get some updates here. So uh, so let's kick it off here. So we got Citigroup, JP Morgan and Bank of America are among big U.S. banks making a comeback to the collateralized loan obligation CLO market and increasing investments in AAA rated tranches. If everybody saw the uh, episode that I did on on basically our, you know, our banks dumping loans. Uh, that's kind of an update on that. And so basically, you know, banks return to the CLO market could help leveraged uh, finance desks compete with private credit through competitive underwriting terms, according to the report. So in other words, they don't want to lose all that business to the to the private credit companies that they've been selling through. I, I find it interesting. They call it private credit, which really it's just hedge funds and private equity funds. Um, so we'll keep an eye on that and see what, what continues to unfold there. Uh, meanwhile, um, open banking is used by financial institutions mainly to open accounts for customers. MasterCard Inc. aims to use the technology that is increasingly adopted by banks to drive payment volumes. Uh, during the company's fourth quarter earnings call, CEO Michael Maybach uh, said MasterCard sees the potential to combine open banking with real-time payments to develop profitable use cases for banks. We hope to see not only API clicks on account opening, but also payment volume coming through as well. So again, if anybody hasn't seen my episode on open banking, I would suggest you go back and check that out. Uh, the Federal uh, Open Markets Committee, the FOMC, announced updates to a policy that will subject more of the Federal Reserve System staff to the most stringent restrictions on investment and trading activities and will tighten restrictions on all staff with access to confidential FOMC information. The new restrictions in the policy are effective on June 30th. Uh, so if everyone saw the episode that I did on the Fed last week, where I talked about the Fed presidents that had got in trouble for insider trading, but then they, there was a report by the gal, which had basically cleared them of any wrongdoing and basically said, ah, they can't do this. So now as a response to that, uh, the Fed is coming down and basically saying we're, we're, we're hitting the staff. We're hitting the staff with, with more uh, stringent restrictions. Okay. Um, fair enough. But, but again, as I said in that episode, I'm, I'm, I, again, you shouldn't be interested in restrictions. You should be interested in saying, no, you can't do this period. End of story. Um, you know, it's kind of like the same thing when Congress comes out and basically says, well, we're going to try not to do that. You know, they, they never said that they wouldn't do it. They just said, we're just going to try not to, but if we do do it, it's still okay. Anyway. Okay. Uh, Pacific investment management company, LLC foresees cracks and the now booming private credit market would appear as early as this year, and the investment giant eyes scooping up bargains once risk-averse investors sell out on the cheap. Uh, Bloomberg News reported, citing executive committee members uh, Christ, uh, Christian Stack, uh, Stack predicts sharp drops in private loan values if base rates don't decline fast in 2024 and borrowers are crushed by their interest payments, the report said. So in other words, what he's saying is that if the Fed doesn't cut interest rates, uh, these borrowers aren't going to be able to refinance this debt, which means that all these loans that, that, that uh, all the loans that the big banks sold to these private lenders uh, are going to go bad, which is which is which was the question that I had posed in other podcast episodes where I, I basically said, like, well, what's going to happen if this stuff kind of blows up? So, OK, uh, what are some of the things we got coming in next coming up this week? 
Uh, we got the three-year treasury note auction on Tuesday. We've got on Wednesday, we got the trade balance. We got the 10-year treasury note auction and we got consumer credit on Thursday. We got initial jobless claims coming in along with the 30-year uh, bond auction. So, okay. What are some of the other things going on here? So, Changing regulatory environment for U.S. bank M&A will persist into 2025. The tough regulatory environment for U.S. bank M&A is unlikely to change until at least 2025, even if more business friendly administration, even if a more business friendly administration takes the White House. Like in other words, in other words, uh, even if Trump wins in uh, in November, uh, they're saying that the, the tough regulatory environment on bank M&A is probably still going to persist. OK, we'll see. We'll see what happens with that. Uh, U.S. home prices edged higher in November 2023. U.S. home prices scaled to new heights in November 2023 as the lack of housing supply persisted. Uh, I would also describe that as inflationary pressure. So you have, you know, in, part of the increase in inflation is in asset prices, meaning your house, meaning stocks. Um, and that inflationary pressure is driving up the, the value of houses. So let's see here. U.S. banks ramp up anti-fraud investments as losses pile up. So U.S. banks are taking steps to ramp up investments in fraud prevention as the prevalent issue took a toll on some institutions' expenses in the fourth quarter of 2023. Financial fraud within the U.S. financial industry has been on the rise in the past few years with suspicious activity reports for check fraud at depository institutions more than tripling between 2018 and 2022, according to FinCEN. Uh, as fraud continued to run rampant in the fourth quarter of 2023, multiple banks reported elevated losses or net charge-offs. Several banks are hoping to avoid the cost of fraud losses by beefing up on their prevention now. Uh, and here's an interesting comment. If you ask me what I think the industry should be worried about in 24, I would put fraud and an increasing activity around fraud on the list first with credit below that. Uh, National Bank Holdings Corp Chairman, President and CEO Tim Laney said during the company's fourth quarter 2023 earnings call, uh, we are just hyper-focused on fraud management, protecting our clients and protecting the bank. Um, and this also, so this also gets back to the whole cybersecurity issue. And it also gets back to the issue of opening banking, uh, which I talked about, which was part of the Dodd-Frank 1033. Um, you know, you you know, I, again, my fear of open banking is that you're opening yourself up to more potential cyber fraud, more major fraud that could come in and hurt banks. But we'll see how that plays out. Fed wants more proof of inflation slowing as rate cuts may hinge on the labor market. Though the Federal Reserve has kept interest rates unchanged for six months as inflation growth slowed and the labor market is uh, closer to balance, central bankers are waiting on more progress before rate cuts can begin. Um, so again, the Fed, the Fed said at their meeting this week that they were holding uh, rates steady at the federal funds rate between 5.25 and 5.5, where it has been since July of last year. Uh, Fed Chairman Jeremy Powell threw cold, threw cold water on the likelihood of cuts in the near term, stating that a cut in March was not the most likely case, indicating that any cuts would likely be pushed back to May at the earliest. Um, in a statement following the meeting, Powell said Fed officials do not expect the rate cuts until they have gained greater confidence in inflation is moving sustainably toward 2%, adding that he needed to see inflation continue to come down as it has for the past six months. Uh, we just need to see more. And I don't think he's going to get it. Uh, so just a couple other things on that Fed meeting. 
as expected, the FOMC did not change its benchmark rate. Market reaction, the S&P 500 uh, and the USTs or the US Treasury, two years and the 10 years are mostly unchanged. The market is pricing a 45% chance of a 25 basis point rate cut in March at the 2024 FOMC meeting, down from 55% before today's announcement. And I would say that the chances of that would probably drop a lot lower to almost zero. Um, so it, again, it was a unanimous policy vote. The Fed suggested that they are not hiking rakes by changing the extent of any additional policy firming in December statement to any adjustments in today's statement. The Fed mentioned uh, they are not ready to start cutting rates until the Fed has gained greater confidence in inflation moving toward 2%. The committee will continue to reduce the balance sheet by $95 billion each month. As previously stated, there was no hint to changing the size of the reduction. I think that will change uh, in the coming weeks. So what do we have here? Um, new virtual currency scam targets CFIs and their customers. Federal authorities have issued an alert about a financial scam called pig butchering in which victims are lured into investing in phony schemes often involving cryptocurrency. The losses can be significant we provide tips on how to identify these scammers if they contact you. So interesting there. NFIB survey. It isn't the best of times for small businesses. According to a new NFIB survey, uh, pessimism prevails among small business owners and, um, you know, worker shortages are basically impacting small businesses. Um, the Fed is seeing a decline in small business loan demand and details of worker shortage. U.S. Bank M&A discussions intensify, defying headwinds. So again, we've kind of talked about this a lot, you know, what's going on in the M&A market right now. Uh, banks are showing heightened interest in pursuing M&A transactions, even as the industry is confronted with regulatory uncertainty and purchase accounting issues. Um, overall, M&A activity remains subdued in 2023, which is 98 deal announcements compared with 160 in 2022 and 202 in 2021. Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, there, there certainly is, I think a, a pent up appetite for bank M&A, but I think with a lot of the reasons that we've talked about in a lot of episodes so far here on the channel, in terms of the interest rates right now, um, the regulatory, you know, just the, the regulatory climate is as it were on bank M&A, um, you know, yeah, I think it's going to, I think it's going to be, you know, difficult to, to keep that, keep that going. So. Um, banks report loan sales to reposition loan exposure. Uh, okay, again, continuing on the theme that we started with here, talking about banks selling off their loans. So banks are continuing to use loan sales to reposition their commercial real estate exposure, and some are making moves to offload parts of their portfolios as well. Coming into 2024, industry experts expected more loan sales this year as banks look to offload risk ahead of potential deterioration in credit quality. Um, sell loans that no longer fit their strategies and get rid of loans that require too much capital retention in the face of new regulatory rules. Uh, during recent earnings conference calls, several bank executives discussed loan sales. Um, yeah, yeah, I, I think that the, the Federal you know, Reserve and other regulators should be taking a, a look at that and basically saying, you know, why are why are all these big banks dumping off all these bad commercial real estate loans? And they know they're bad loans. Otherwise, they wouldn't be dumping them. So why are they dumping all these bad loans onto the private credit? And then what happens when the private, first of all, why would the private credit even be buying these loans? 
because uh, they they got to know there's got to be some pretty smart people there that know this stuff is garbage. So why are they buying it, and what's going to happen when this all blows up? I think that's those are some some questions that should be getting asked out there right now. So, um, Mastercard sees potential for opening banking. We kind of already covered that. Um, this was kind of interesting. This was an article from Investopedia. So why does the U.S. economy keep beating expectations? So Friday's job report was the latest in a string of economic data that shows the U.S. economy doing much better than economists had forecast. One possible explanation, homeowners' finances have been shielded from interest rate hikes by low fixed rate mortgages. It's also possible that increasing consumer spending has set off a perpetual motion machine of rapid economic growth. Um, yeah, no, <laughs> no, yeah, no. Um, as I, I just did an episode, uh, this weekend that I hope everybody will check out on, uh, the jobs report and basically what it, what an absolute disaster it was, despite the headline number that was out there. So I hope everybody will, will kind of take a look in, in, at that and see what's going on there. As I explained multiple times in multiple videos, when you have a, a high inflationary economy, it forces people to go out and spend because there is a psychological effect that basically people are going to go out and buy it today because it's going to cost more tomorrow. Um, and that's driving spending. The other thing is that people are spending more to get less. You have shrinkflation. You know, uh, everything is everything is anywhere from 10 to 30 percent higher than it was. Um, so you're going to get so this it, it, again, that 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 drive in spending is a false nomer. People, again, they're buying today because it it is going to be more expensive tomorrow and they're they're spending more, but they're getting a lot less. So. Um, oh, this is this is an interesting one. Evergrande. Uh, Evergrande was once China's biggest property developer. Now it has to be ordered to liquidate. Uh, negotiations to prevent the breakup of the company didn't lead to a deal over the weekend. People familiar with the matter say so the property developer China Group has been ordered to liquidate by a Hong Kong court, uh, bringing an end to the years long saga of a company whose default rippled through the world's second largest economy. Yeah, um, China had a massive real estate bubble and it has exploded and their largest developer Evergrande is done. It has bit the dust It is being liquidated. Um, you know, and that is uh, that is that is that, as they say. <laughs> so um, China's got massive problems in their economy, in their real estate market. And we'll have to see how that all uh, plays out. So let's see some other things here. So plummeting inflation raises a uh, new risk for the Fed as rising real interest rates. Uh, the Federal Reserve uh, officials started the year with a problem. Uh, they would ordinarily love to have. Inflation has fallen much faster than expected. It does nonetheless pose a conundrum. The reason, if inflation has sustainably returned to the Fed's 2% target, then real rates, nominal rates adjusted for inflation have risen and might be restricting economic activity too much. This means the Fed needs to cut interest rates. The question is when and by how much. The Fed won't cut at its two-day meeting ending in Wednesday because the economy has been growing solidly. While inflation excluding food and energy on a monthly basis has been at or below 2% in six of the last seven months, the Fed wants to be sure that could be sustained before cutting rates. Instead, Fed officials are likely to take a symbolically important step this week by no longer signaling in their policy statement that rates are more likely to rise than fall. Ditching the so-called tightening bias would affirm that officials are entering lower rates in the coming months. Well, 
we shall see. But that is a that is a very great topic. Uh, you know, basically talking about nominal rates versus real rates and how the inflation plays into that and what it plays out. So, and finally, um, I think last but not least, I have here. Uh, so. Uh, the big year for uh, the big year for EVs gets off to a bumpy start. The auto industry's pivot to electric vehicles has been rocked by setbacks in the first weeks of 2024, creating more uncertainty as a flood of new battery-powered models is hitting showrooms. The latest bad news came Wednesday when the world's most valuable automaker warned of notably lower growth this year and left investors with few answers on how it will slow its profit margin erosion. Uh, the downbeat remarks followed data earlier this year showing a slowdown in EV sales growth in the U.S., automakers delaying or cutting back on plans and anxiety rising among dealership owners. Um, this was supposed to be an important one important year for EVs and a turning point for an industry that has spent the past few years pledging a move away from the traditional combustion engine. Um yeah, that's not. Uh, yeah, that's that's not that's not going to happen. Uh, I, I I am not a uh, fan of EVs. Uh, I should say I'll, I'll I'll say it this way: um, Are Teslas really cool? Yes. Uh, would I maybe one day consider buying a Tesla? Possibly. Uh, but uh, I have a tremendous amount of problems with EVs overall. Uh, I could probably I could probably do a whole episode on that. Um, you know, there's, there's just, yeah, there's so many issues there. I, I just think that the way that the government has gone about trying to shove the EVs basically down the entire consumer market's throats was just a horrible way of approaching that. And this whole concept of, well, we're just going to, we're just going to turn off all combustible engines. So it's overnight and we're just going to make everything electric or whatever. Like, but yeah, that was a, it was a fantasy. Uh, and it, and then the whole thing is blowing up in their face and the automakers are going to pay uh, a steep price for it. Um, you know, I just hope that we as consumers don't also pay a steep price for it. And, and again, I have, I have no problem with there being EVs in the market. I just don't think that EVs should be the majority of cars that are on the market. And, and if you, you know, if you want to make a, an adjustment over the course of say 50 years, 60 years, then okay, that that's probably okay. But to try to do something in five years where you're like, oh yeah, we're just going all to electric vehicle. Like now it's just, it was a stupid idea from the start and it's, it's all playing out that way. So but anyway, uh, that's what I got for everybody this week. I hope I, I hope everybody enjoyed this week's update. I always try, like I said, I'm, I'm trying to do this weekly thing here where I'm just hitting everybody with a bunch of, of information. But I hope people will go to some of my other episodes just to get a more in-depth understanding of some of these topics that are that are running through the banking industry right now. And, uh, and like I said, I'll be back next week to hit everybody up with some more episodes and uh, hopefully find some entertaining stuff there. But uh, again, if you like this, please make sure to be, give a big thumbs up, uh, like and subscribe. It always helps the channel. And I'll see everybody again back here uh, next week. Thanks. <laughs>